Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno, and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry. And this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers. But it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. Brian Gardner is a pioneer in the WordPress space. He's the creator of Studio Press, which was somewhat recently sold to WP Engine. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm a fan of all things WordPress, building your digital monopoly, etc. In this episode, we chat about the importance of building a personal brand online, WordPress, and more. Let's jump in. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode. Brian, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you. Thanks, Ricardo. Glad to be here. Glad to be here, for sure. Now, I said I would give a little bit of a backstory. So for those of you who don't know Brian Gardner, if you visit his website, it'll humbly say that he's a Chicago-based web designer, one of my favorite cities, by the way, (laughs) a WordPress expert and a digital marketing consultant and the now founder of a company called Agent Engine. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to understate the awesomeness of who we have on the show today. Brian's the founder of a company called Studio Press. You guys recently sold the WP Engine, and we can kind of get into that. It's one of the largest theme development companies and really a leader in the WordPress space. So so that's all you. Guilty (laughs) as charged. Awesome. I know my agents know WordPress. They probably don't know the story of of kind of Studio Press and your background. Mm -hmm. So why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about that, your story, and then we'll get into kind of what we want to talk about today. 2000. Six-ish, I was working uh, at an architectural firm as a project manager. We had an office of about 20 predominantly older people. I was significantly younger than most. So I sort of adopted the computer IT guy just by default because nobody else knew anything about computers. (laughs) And so I was sort of leaned on as the computer guy. And so through that, I kind of self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense where like I learned a lot about the computer just so that I could be the computer guy. And so... Part of that was just spending time online, kind of screwing around on various things that related to technology and computers and stuff like that. At the same point, I wanted to start a blog. And so I created a blogger from Google. Gosh, they had free blogs. Software. Yes, I Blogspot, <laughs> I think, was actually the address. But it, it, did, it wasn't doing what I wanted it to. So the short story is somebody recommended I look into WordPress. I yep. looked into WordPress. I figured out how to do things set up, install of WordPress, hosting, all that kind of stuff just through Google, learning how to set it all up and just started playing around with the theming because I, I didn't realize it back then, but I really had a, an interest in design, yeah. which sort of blossomed over the last 15 years to the point where it's at now. So I started messing around with the themes, the CSS and just the files just to kind of tweak things and just see how I could make it look better because I wanted my blog to look different than, you know, <laughs> The, the library of themes that were, yeah, pretty much. I guess maybe even back then I wanted to, to stand out. So I learned how to code WordPress themes. I created a, a couple of free themes. I used those as distribution for my name and incoming links and stuff like that. And through that, a couple of people would reach out and say, hey, I downloaded your theme. Can I pay you to do some customization? <laughs> so for a little while there, it was sort of the moonlighting vacation fund and then a real estate agent, ironically, from Boston asked if I would do a custom theme. And I put together something that I thought was really cutting edge for WordPress and and groundbreaking. And 
You know, he was like, you know, this is great, but I actually just need a blog theme. I, I don't need a whole <laughs> website looking theme. And I was like, okay, well, what should I do with this? And you you know the story. And for those who don't, the original revolution theme was a rejected design by a real estate agent. And so we can all thank him for that. So then I asked That's my awesome. audience if people would buy it. And they said yes. And I asked how much and started selling revolution WordPress theme that evolved into studio press. Lots of sections of chapters here we're skipping over but so studio press became a thing and we merged that into copy blogger which for those who don't know it's uh as you were part of that as well at one point content marketing and information on digital stuff so i don't want to understate this it's we're not talking you know a couple of freelance projects here and there we're talking about a whole ecosystem of websites powered by studio press and the genesis framework yes you know your stuff (laughs) several hundred thousand customers The topic that we kind of want to talk about is building a real estate brand. So your new venture, Agent Engine, why real estate? Last summer, when I was in my proverbial wilderness, after we had sold the WP (laughs) Engine, and I was freelancing again, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know some of the story behind Mm -hmm. Agent Press, which was sort of our first iteration of real estate-specific stuff back in the day. We Two different attempts, we sort of kind of ran into that. We just had so many things going on, we just never fully went there. First and foremost, there was always an element of I knew that there was potential in real estate and technology and WordPress back in the day. And so by nature of that, it was kind of the first, okay, well, maybe here's a a market to consider. I tried looking into or feeling good about other markets. And to be perfectly honest, I just couldn't shake real estate. I'm like, you know, there's something about real estate. We've we've bought and sold 10 houses over the last 15 years. So I know Mm -hmm. the process. We have a lot of friends who are agents, people like you. We've made some really good connections over the years into the industry. So like, yeah. And I'll be honest, as a designer and somebody who loves to design and as a personal branding person, I was like, there's no better industry right now that's <laughs> that's severely lacking good design and emphasis on the personal brand than real estate. So I, I knew I could go in and make the huge difference right away. That's awesome. I could, I could feel that and I could see that wholeheartedly. It's easy to jump in, but then you realize there's a lot of moving parts to being on, an entrepreneur. You got to... Mm-hmm. Build a brand, but also hunt for your next commission. Like, where do you start? What do you do? There's just a lot. Well, going on. It, it it is, and it's tough right now, even for us, because agents their bandwidth right now to do anything outside of just the status quo in their business because of the market is really, really minimal. Like, yep. they don't have time. They don't have a need for digital presence right now. They don't want to think about it because it's just why bother at this point when things are are going crazy. Now, of course, the counter argument there is that you know six months from now when the market goes back to normal and there's now more competition because everyone just got into real estate, there will be a need and a really important emphasis placed on the personal brand and building your personal enterprises. We often talk in the quote copy blogger-esque vernacular, but it's important. So you and I know, I mean, heck, I've been building my personal brand for years. You've built a whole business and I'm building a personal brand, but why does it all start with a personal brand? You know, I... And I'm going to use the Jerry Maguire storyline here because I, I always do. I, I I feel like it feels ubiquitous when you hear about personal branding and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like everyone's talking about it and many people, oh yeah, Jerry Maguire, fewer clients, like all that kind of stuff. But there's some really truth to that. People really want to work with people who are relational, people who mm-hmm. are trustworthy, people who are just good people, especially when it comes to buying and selling their home. I mean, that's a very intimate, personal transaction. And it's probably one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one they'll ever do. Buying a car is one thing. You can kind of get through that without really caring too much about the person you're working with. But when you 
are selling a home that you've lived in for 30 years or you want to buy a home that you're going to start your family in. That's a pretty important you part want, of You want to know that life. you trust this person and you want to know that you yeah. know, they have your best interests at heart. Yeah. And so either they're like-minded, either they're they're established, they know their local area. They, there's always some element there. Now, of course, brokerages and companies and sort of the high-level franchises and stuff like that, they in themselves also need to have branding matter, right? Mm-hmm. Compass is a good example of a brand that's gone after a very specific sort of perception. Yeah. And it does. People follow people who they are attracted to, not just physically, but just from any kind of the way they operate, the way they talk, the way they communicate, the their morals, their standards. And people follow, you know, social media is a really good example of of a vehicle in which you can get a window into someone's life without even having a chance to meet them yet. How does one go about starting to build their brand presence? Is it really just because I get this question a lot. So the question that I get maybe one back to the other is, Ricardo, do I really need a website today? I kind of laugh when I get that question. (laughs) My answers maybe have changed over the years. The other challenge is I had this website from this provider. I didn't really get anything out of it. So let me switch to another provider. Like, who do you recommend has the best website? And I feel like those are maybe asking the wrong questions. First of all, let's define what a website is. Some people think I have Facebook, therefore I have a website. And, <laughs> and in many cases, a Facebook page could serve that purpose. Not necessarily the smartest thing to do. We can talk about digital sharecropping <laughs> at any given moment. Facebook can close down your account and then you're, you're left dead in the water. High and dry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like I, I always sort of recommend the diversified portfolio approach when it comes to being online. Social media is important, and there's a whole lot of positives that come with social media, the distribution, the ability to broadcast and have people follow you and stuff like that. So so I'm certainly not talking about that not being important. So yeah. Facebook and, and Instagram even, LinkedIn on some level. But at the end of the day, you should always own your content or at least have a place where you can own your content and have a direct path to sort of capturing Leads. that contact information. Yeah, yeah the audience. Yeah, no, 100% own your content, own your space, in other words. Always have an asset that you own and control, I've always said. Yeah, and I always like to recommend using social media to distribute that content. Don't let that be the place where you put it all, but like start with yourself, your website, your blog, whatever it might be, and then use social media to broadcast that. I I forget the name of the book, but I think it was HubSpot, that old inbound marketing book, the home Mm. hub and spokes model. Yes, your, yes, your, totally. your hub is your website and you know everything else is your distribution network. How do you approach a, like a website project and a personal branding project? It's more than just kind of the tech and what goes behind it, right? Yeah, you know, like I think a lot of people think I have to have a website and so-and-so told me to do this and I see other people doing that. Sort of 100%. The, re- <laughs> the reason why I created No Sidebar, which is a t- complete and total right field topic, was because people would litter their sidebars with stuff that they thought they needed to have, right? Like I'm an intentional person. And I think when it comes to digital presence, you should have what you want on your website and what makes sense for you and your business. Listen to what other people are doing or those who have succeeded ahead of you recommend. Don't listen to anybody who says you should have this, 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 and this on your website. At some point, you got to do what's right. I kind of think always take advice with a grain of salt, right? Uh-huh. Not not the same thing isn't going to work for everyone or the same thing isn't going to work for you. Yeah. Or, you know, like I always look at the, the sheep jumping off the cliff, right? You know, just because <laughs> the sheep's jumping off the cliff doesn't mean that you should do the same thing they're doing ahead of you. Right. So I guess it's the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? A good hockey player skates to where the puck is, a great one skates to where it's going to be. So on some level, blazing the trail and, and pioneering within your industry is good, which means 
you do things that people haven't done before. And maybe that's one of the things that set you apart. When it comes to the personal brand and the website, you know, there's this kind of a two part thing. It's like the first identity, like who you are, your voice, what vibe you want to send out there, even as granular as fonts and colors and, and kind of all of that, right? You know, like I'm a minimalist guy, you know that about me. And Mm -hmm. so someone were to come to me and say, like, how do you want this to look? I would say, well, first of all, lots of white space, like topography (laughs) matters and like not a lot of heavy use of color. Like that's just my vibe. And so, right. It naturally, it's people's houses the same way. So identify your own taste as well, because that sort of will bring in people that are like-minded. Yeah, you'll so, track that audience, like-minded yeah. audience. Yes. Logo and branding and colors and kind of like the preliminary work, which is ahead of setting up a website, right? Just identifying what's the purpose of what I'm trying to do here? Is it going to be to show my listings? Is it going to be to talk about local areas of interest, which would establish me sort of as an authority? We also sort of consider that the hyper-local approach. Or do I just want to blog about my expertise in the field in general, right? Because, I mean, there's strategies for the types of content you share. And then once you have a better idea of, you know, what you want to do with your website, then of course, it's going out and finding either the right platform to use or finding someone who either can do a custom design for you or if you're working on a budget maybe it's just a free theme to start just to have something out there and if that's the case you know what's the the theme that best works with the kind of content and the kind of look you're going after do you always start with content first or do you recommend starting with content first it kind of depends a content plan more than content itself mm-hmm. you know like if you knew hey i'm not going to right? I'm going to do something different, which is like just launch with the podcast. That sort of changes how you would view a website. Maybe you don't need a website. Maybe you use something like Transistor's just <laughs> podcast player yeah. page website thing that they have and start with that, right? You don't want to invest into something because someone told you you need to do it yeah. and you find out that you really don't need it. So the plan, I think, is is ahead of the content itself. You bring up a good point. I think focus on a content type that works well for you. The reason I do this podcast is because it's lately for me, it's been easier to get on the microphone and either talk straight into the microphone or have a conversation with somebody like you. It's easier to to ship that content and produce it. I have agents that who I've had on the show. So Jeb Smith, Jeb, literally when the pandemic started last year, all he did was he sat down in front of the camera, forced himself Monday, Wednesday and Friday to record a five, nine minute video. And it was just I'm going to answer one question right now that relates to the questions people are asking me out in the field. So how long is this tight inventory situation going to last? How are rising interest rates going to affect the real estate market? Are rates going to continue to go up? Is the eviction moratorium, like how is that going to affect the real estate market? Are we going to have a bunch of foreclosures? Every day was, you know, one piece of content that he forced himself to record and he started the year with 200 subscribers and he closed out the year with about 26,000 subscribers. That's it's, great. It's wild. That's a good story. He sat down and I think created that content first. I think it's about creating content and answering questions that your consumers... I mean, real estate's hard right now. Real estate's crazy. I think buyers are having a hard time. They're, they're tired. They're stressed. You know, they're getting beat out in multiple offer situations. So that's stressful mm-hmm. for people. Sellers are having a hard go at it. You know, where will I move with so little on the market to choose from? We, we want to sell, but where will we go next? Are you answering those questions and, and attracting an audience? You know, we call it, it's just hyper-local content marketing. One thing, I, as you were talking, that, that makes sense to me also is 
not only do you need to identify what you, the content producer, feels comfortable with, but also doing it in a medium in which it can be consumed, right? So for instance, Agent Engine, our company, we decided to launch a podcast because we realized our audience are agents. And we presume that they spend a lot of time in the car, uh, a lot of time at open (laughs) houses, and uh, just a lot of time waiting for the next appointment or something to that nature. And so it's much easier to just hit a play button while you're at an open house or in the car or on the train going to your next your next showing than it is to like try to read something (laughs) while you're driving driving in a car. So you kind of have like which you shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Exactly. But there's an element which is like, you know, your consumer, how are they likely to consume the content? Because if you spend all your time creating content in a way where people don't like to consume it, then that doesn't do you much good either. You brought up, you know, figuring out your vibe. I'll link mm-hmm. to this in the show notes, but we put together at West a brand archetype quiz. I forget the URL for it, so I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a 12-question exercise. Just answer a couple of questions, and it'll tell you, you know, what your brand archetype is. So it'll show you the kind of words that play well with your brand, the kind of colors and styles that that resonate with your brand. So you can use that as a sort of branding guide for style and vibe that you're trying to put together for your brand. I think that's a really good exercise. Brian, what what other sort of like founding principles or guidelines should we use when we're looking to build our personal brand or talking about building a personal brand and, and exhuminating that through our website? The two words that come to my mind are authenticity and consistency. I think a lot of times people can sniff through when you're just putting on a show or trying to impress or doing all those other things. You know me, I'm, I'm a huge fan of authenticity, uh, just on several levels, just be, being the real you, showing your colors. And that doesn't necessarily mean dumping the mess. It just means just really being who you are. Uh, but part of that also is, is the consistency part, which is, you know, I am a certain way today, and I'm also that way tomorrow or next week or next month. And <laughs> with, especially when it comes to real estate. With that claim with everyone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, like, you don't want to be known as the person who's all over the place because then maybe you're seen as unreliable or not dependable or, you know, or like ah, you so, don't look organized. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, hey, you've got your ducks lined up, you know, your business is intact and stuff like that. And people can see that from the outside or, or even at a re- like from a review system. I mean, if you're unorganized or all over the place and early one time, late the, like next, then <laughs> your reviews will reflect that. And then other people will know that that's how you do business and just authenticity and real estate. It's all about the sale, right? That's sort of the, <laughs> th- the thing, but there's so much more to it than just the sale because I'd rather go through like a little bit more of an arduous process with somebody who's there with me and wants to walk that journey alongside yeah. me than, you know, just somebody who wants to just sell me something and then move on and find the next, you know, couple or whatever. An agent told me a story once of how he went to a listing appointment and Jay started off on the wrong foot for him, leaves the listing appointment and the mother had emailed the daughter or forwarded an email from the agent and CC'd, accidentally CC'd him in the email. Hmm. And it was, hey, just met with the agent, really nice guy. Up until this point, everything seemed great. But a couple of different things, he just looks like he didn't have it together or he feels like he doesn't have it together. And I don't know how I can have him represent me on the sale of my house if it just seems like he doesn't have it together. If he's not taking care of himself, how can he take care of me during this transaction? Mm-hmm. So Probably a sobering email to have come across and, and it, maybe the best thing that ever happened to the guy. Actually, <laughs> the way he explains it, and I, I won't say who it is, but the way he explains it is is actually, yeah, it was. It, it hurt at first and I wanted to be upset and reply back and you know be angry about it. But at the end of the day, she was right. If that's the impression that I'm giving people, then I'm just hurting myself. 
he took it as constructive criticism and, you know, completely changed everything. I think being authentic is important. And I think communicating that across all of your channels is super important too. We've been through the this iteration a couple of different times with like Agent Press. What's the plan with Agent Engine? So our original idea was to not just build, have another real estate website builder. There's several out there already, many of which I'm sure all the listeners use and, and they're doing a great job. At least their agent engine didn't want to just do real estate WordPress themes because I was trying to keep agents out of the back end of WordPress for reasons that you and I could probably <laughs> spend three, three shows talking about. <laughs> so we were really trying to just take sort of the, the ethos of simplicity and really, really good design and offer a way that agents can have a profile that ultimately allows them to create a single page website, primarily for those who are newer to the industry or to someone who's not online. And it would give them a sophisticated, stylish digital presence. Now, part of that process was doing a directory, a searchable directory in mm -hmm. which this profile system could be a part of. We were going to use the directory as just kind of a cool factor thing, but allows really just sort of the extension of the, the profile. And so we thought point A was the directory, point B, where we want them to go are these profiles and these websites. But the reality and what we learned is that there were far more people who were interested in the directory as a whole, the technology we had built for the directory piece, that we've sort of shifted a little bit towards what we're calling digital spaces. And these mm -hmm. are the profile management system, I guess, for lack of a better term, for real estate organizations like associations, brokerages, and, and just larger teams. Agent Engine now is really focused on building out customized white-labeled versions of our directory for larger groups because that was sort of the hole that we sort of accidentally stumbled upon, which is great single-page websites out there for people, but the directory system, the the searchability, the click on the agent's page or something like that, like or the, an association or an MLS, you try to find an agent and can't. <laughs> and, and what we built is so visual and so personal brand heavy, we can make it easy for agents to use yep. and they can really showcase their personal brand. For example, Kim Stegbauer, who is a real estate agent and a design decorator, interior designer. She's been on HTV and all this other stuff. She has a, a brand called Tomcat Real Estate in Chandler, Arizona. And her profile looks great because it shows the house that she decorated. It shows her picture. Like there's just things about it that like, like, yeah, that's kind of speaking to the vibe thing. Yeah. It's a way for agents to show their vibe. You know, if they're in Gig Harbor up in Washington, they can sort of say, hey, we're the $3 million lake house people, <laughs> you know, like you have a visual way to do that. And yeah. so we're excited about that. And so we're also excited about the digital spaces. And we're also going to be segmenting and siloing our internal directory to be called something else where agents can come and buy a profile and use that as yeah. their thing. So sort of like the about.me. Remember that from oh, yeah. several years ago? Kind of the about me for agents. And so Awesome. Uh, I won't share the URL yet, but uh, we're we're on the verge of working through and launching that too. Good way to kind of quickly and effortlessly showcase your brand and your style and your work. Yep. Are you guys doing single property websites or no? So as a byproduct of our profile system, the one that'll be available to individual agents are the ability to create listings. They basically incorporate the same template that the profiles do. And so you can sign up and get an account and then create as many listings as you want. They're all associated to your profile. Uh, and then you can custom domain them. So like, for instance, if you have one, two, three, Main Street, you know, SpruceStreet.com yeah. or whatever, you could actually yeah. redirect that to, to the website, the single property websites as well. Awesome. Well, you guys hear me talk about Facebook ads all the time and how you should point that traffic to your single property website. So, mm -hmm. so that's awesome. What's your advice to somebody who's, I, I think you and I maybe 
would say the same thing. But what's your advice to somebody who's just getting started in the business? Aside from you know, kind of identify identify what your style is, be consistent in your marketing. You know, they're really trying to break out and build a personal brand. Where would you start? I don't know that there's any one place to start. You know, it really is kind of starting everywhere and seeing what you like to do, what seems to be working. Some people, maybe it's uh, TikTok or <laughs> Instagram stories or something like that. I mean, I've seen several agents doing research for Agent Engine who are absolutely crushing it on Instagram stories. You know, they just, they found something that works. Yep. They know how to produce it. And that's how they're becoming known as like, you know, and there's certain cities even like Tampa is a good example of a city where just it's Instagram crazy when it comes to real <laughs> really? estate. So if you're in the Tampa area, you got to get on Instagram. You got to compete with all the, you know, the the men and the ladies who are just, it's just, it's awesome. a thing. It's just, it's weird how that works out. But doing some level of research. I mean, just like what we did, like I clicked around Instagram, clicked on hashtags, see what people are doing seeing how they're using it. And you can learn a lot reading a blog post on, oh, you should have an Instagram account versus <laughs> doing it, going to Instagram and seeing how yep. people are using it. Like that's hands on right there. You're, you're watching people basically build their businesses. And so you emulate that. You don't copy it, you emulate it and do it in your own style. And if it works, then pour a little more gasoline on that fire. Don't pigeonhole yourself into like thinking you have to do it that way because everyone mm -hmm. else is doing it that way. Correct, de correct. De de definitely, like you said, you know, see if it works. And if it does, pour some more gasoline on that fire. Find the content type that works for you and don't, don't fool yourself into thinking it has to be done this way. What other challenges or, or mistakes do you see or do you think agents are, make and like, how can we avoid that? I hear a lot of like shopping from tool to tool to tool. We're always jumping from tools to tools, chasing down like the next shiny object. What's your perception of that? Yeah, you know, like with WordPress... We're WordPress people, and there are several platforms to choose from. Some are free, some are paid for. Mm. It, it really kind of depends from agent to agent. You know, if you're going to invest in your brand or invest heavily into a website, then use that stuff or plan out if that's part of your plan. I think a lot of times people say, Oh, I have to have a website. So they drop 25 grand on a website, <laughs> don't know what to do with it. You know, then it's like, Okay, well, now they're behind the the eight ball, so to speak. And so like, you know, kind of be slow and methodical, do do research, find out what you want to do. And, you know, it's easy advice to give probably less easy to take. But in our own world, in your yeah. world, in my world, as creators, that's the same thing. Like I see you doing a podcast. And so in my head, I'm like, Oh, podcast must be what, what I have to do. Yeah. You know, but if I don't like doing it, you know, at some <laughs> point, people will, will, will pick up pick up on that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, he's doing a podcast, but he doesn't sound excited about it. <laughs> you know, things like that. It's just like, it, it really is. And real estate in particular is an industry that's very sort of visual and eye candy. And I don't mean that in the derogatory sense, but I mean, it's just, it's, no, no. you like, know, houses and staging. Like Instagram, and the way, for example, it's, it's a really good way to grow organically and build an audience organically. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and websites are the same thing. I go to some websites and, and Compass has done a really good job sort of with equipping their agents with websites that have a really specific look and they've actually got their own custom font now they, and stuff like they've that. They've created brand appeal for themselves. Yeah, and so just know that, you know, whether it's you as an agent in your local area, whether it's your, your brokerage or your team or whatever, there's a lot of competition out there and there's a lot of people hustling. We know this as creators mm -hmm. even, where a lot of people are doing a lot of things at a, at a high speed. And so it's not the time to get lazy. I know it's the, the late night hours where you got to work on your digital presence a little bit, even though you don't want to because you've been showing homes all day. But again, <laughs> the reality is six months from now, things are going to be different. This story that I'll tell really quickly could be misused at times. And there was a gentleman by the name of Sean Merriman. He was a defensive lineman for the San Diego Chargers. And several years ago, he was interviewed by ESPN. 
And he was asked why he's in the gym all the time. Sean, why are you in the gym working out every single day all the time? And his response was, if I'm not in the gym working out, my opponent might be. Oh, wow. And I was like, when I read that, I'm like, okay, so that sort of can lead to addictive behaviors, which of course are, are not great either. But the bottom line there is, if you don't spend as much energy as you should mm -hmm. on your business, somebody else might be out there doing a little bit better, a little bit harder. Even WordPress seems back in the day, there are days where I was like, okay, I'm just going to coast. Things are good. I'm going to coast. Well, <laughs> while you coast, people are accelerating. And so... There's elements of that you have to pay attention to. I think Jimmy Mackin, who you guys know from Curator, said a couple days ago that growth always lags in real estate. In a typical month when your marketing and your prospecting probably falls behind a little bit because you're busy managing your current pipeline, and especially in today's market, right? I'm slammed. Yep. I have 16 offers I have to review. And so your marketing slowly starts to fall behind. But the other thing we always say is real estate works in 90-day cycles. I know you're saying six months, 90-day cycles, same thing. With each day that you fall behind on not investing in your personal brand or not investing in this prospecting activity, you know, you miss a step, you, you forget to close a ring, whatever. That stuff is going to affect you and it's going to hurt your pipeline later down the line. Now, I will say just to, to caveat what we're just talking about is, and maybe next week, the Agent Engine podcast will broadcast this episode, I spoke to Heather Elias last week about work-life balance, mm -hmm. which is also a very important thing, especially in real estate with the market being crazy. You don't want to race to the casket either. <laughs> and I know that se seems a little bit dramatic, but on the no, other side man, of, true. of that, on the other side of that, you have to be happy and you need to balance your life. Otherwise, you become a single person who has <laughs> nothing but a crazy schedule. And there's, there's downside to that too. So be diligent, work on your personal brand, but within reason, right? Like, don't be super lazy. Don't spend 100 hours a week doing something. But like, there's always sort of the moderation thing. So I need to champion mental health and how I, important that is too. I, I finally kind of did what I what I always say you should do. And like, I recently hired a, a personal assistant. And for me, it was, you know, we have a baby, eight month old. I've been working harder than I have been because of the pandemic, like working from home, doing back-to-back -back Zoom calls. I don't want to feel like I'm flying at 100 miles an hour all day, every day. Yep. If I need to take a break and want to go for a walk with my daughter, I want to be able to do that, but know that the ship is still kind of running. So I always tell you guys, you know, highest and best use of time, get diligent about your activities. And if it's a task that you have to do more than twice, can you outsource it, delegate it, or can you automate it or eliminate it? It's only been a couple of weeks, but I feel like a, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. If that's what you have to do, I, I definitely think, you know, 100% take care of yourselves, create a space so that you can operate at your best and, you know, rest and recharge because, oh yeah, 100%, that's that's absolutely important. Brian, a few moments ago, you, you brought up something or, you know, you mentioned, don't be quick to drop 25 grand on a website. What are some questions that we can kind of ask ourselves to gauge whether or not we're ready for something like that, a project like that? And I'll give you an example. Once upon a time, I did a consulting contract for a big sort of national real estate brokerage. And we launched 2,000 websites across 26 offices in 22 states using a, a large vendor in the industry. It was a big project, cost a lot of money. And at the end of the day, it was brutally hard to transition our agents from the old technology to the new technology. I think, you know, technology adoption at the brokerage level is still very much a thing where, where it's, it's like one of the hardest challenges or hardest hills to, to climb. So whether you're a small broker, 
deciding on, should I purchase this big tech stack for my team? Or even if you're you know, an agent doing 10 transactions a year and you want to scale, how do you kind of spot check or check yourself so that you're not getting ahead of yourself and dropping a bunch of money on something? Yeah, great question. First thing I'll say is understand why you think you need to have it. Mm. Are you doing it because someone else is telling it or because you legitimately say, hey, we need this in our business or else kind of thing? What is the motive behind why you would make that decision? In addition to that, and most software things these days offer this is use the free trial. A little bit different if you're like commissioning someone to do a custom website. But if someone says you need to be on WordPress, your first step shouldn't be, I'm going to buy a $25,000 custom (laughs) WordPress website. It's sign up for a free account figure out if you can actually use the software because on some level, after you make that payment to someone who builds you a custom site, you're going to have to maintain it. still on your own to maintain it. Or you're going to be paying them even more money to maintain it. Either or is understand like what are the longer term requirements or commitments behind just the investment. Just because you spend $25,000 on a website doesn't mean the ROI is going to immediately reflect that. Yeah, It helps, right? But the ROI really is going to become more a matter of what do you do with it once it's done versus... You know, I spent 25000 That means I'm just going to get 10 more clients this year because of it. doesn't quite work that way because I've always said a well-designed website with no traffic is a well-designed website with no traffic. <laughs> so, so that being said, if I'm buying a car that I have seen on the outside, I still want to test drive it, right? Yep. Like, hey, I like the way this looks and everyone else that, that's cool has one, but I don't like the way it feels. And therefore, I won't like the experience. Well, that's important to know. So test drive, figure out ways, you know, use free trials. See if it works for your business. Maybe somebody else is using it in a different way that your business or brokerage doesn't. Mm-hmm. You're know, like, well, this actually doesn't help us, but now we just spent $300 on a license. <laughs> like things like that. Yeah. I know how I would maybe define the ROI. Like for me, one of the metrics I look at is how many people are downloading like the lead magnets on my website. If I'm a realtor, I might, you know, look at how many people are converting on, I don't know, my seller landing page or my home valuation landing page. Do you necessarily obsess over the metrics? Or do you obsess over, okay, I have this great website, like how do you optimize for getting the most out of it? Because like you said, having a nice website with no traffic is just a nice website with no traffic. I think on some level, either you or someone you trust needs to somehow be accountable for not the money in, money out, but just you can't just blindly just throw money at something. Mm-hmm. We know this through like paid advertising, things like Facebook or whatever. There are very technical ways to say, I'm spending 500 and it's either giving me X amount of leads, which you can somewhat quantify, or you can say, I know that this has generated in three leads and so therefore it's worth it, right? I, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and they were saying how they dropped like $50,000 a year, something crazy like that on Zillow advertising. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that person better believe that they know that they're getting it. Otherwise, that's a pretty big hole that they're putting themselves into. So somewhere along the way, you need to just figure out a a system that helps validate what you're spending or putting your money into, right? So that doesn't mean go do 30 things all at once, because then it's harder to identify. You know, like if I'm doing some paid advertising on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, be aware of what's coming in and where it's coming from. You know, like, hey, I'm getting I got seven more leads this month from Facebook, two of which I know went to close three months from now. Yeah. Like there's an element of keeping track. It's, it's only responsible yeah, you know, yeah. to, to identify what, what's going on. Well, that's when you can leverage the website, right? If you're spending money on Facebook ads as an example and you're generating leads, you can always retarget them or come up with a retargeting strategy to get them back on your website. Anything else I'm forgetting to ask? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could talk about personal branding all day long. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I 
lean into it quite a bit with my own stuff. I've seen you lean into it with your stuff, which is great. Yeah. People in the industry know you as a certain type of person, which sort of validates the fact that a personal brand can really carry some weight. And I think just think of people who are in social media or entertainment, you know, like you just you resonate with certain vibes, right? Yeah. So they matter. I mean, branding is almost everything these days. I think no matter what, you should always be building your own personal an agent. So agents ask me, I have my broker provided website. That's fine. I'm always a big proponent of like getting everything that you can out of everything that you've got. So don't go down the rabbit hole of buying a thousand dollar website if if you can leverage the the company brand. And I think that in certain situations, if you're a new and inexperienced agent, it's difficult to showcase your proof of success because, well, you don't have the sales records to show it, but you can leverage the companies and the brokerage's success in that local market. So I do think you should leverage the brokerage brand, but 100%, you should still be building your individual sort of personal brand alongside of that. That's super important. In fact, just yesterday, I was talking to Kurt over at Showcase IDX about this very, very thing. It's almost like the sharecropping thing. Yes, you're you're with and you believe in the brokerage that you're working for. But for whatever reason, whether it's something that they've chosen to do or something you've chosen to do, if you put all of your eggs and you assume that, hey, I'm just going to send everyone to you know, my brokerage page. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, either you, you get let go or you just you find another brokerage, then you're starting over again, yep. right? And again, back to the diversified portfolio approach, have that, use that because they provide it for you, get value out of it, but also supplement that with whether it's a blog or, or even social media accounts on some level you can do. And there are several instances where I've seen individual brands transcend the group or the teams yep. that they're a part of. And we see that even in the in the music industry, you know, lead singers who become more popular than the group that they started, things of that nature. And so, you know, it, it's possible for those who are really out there, like, I think, just sticking with what the brokerage gives you, especially now, because you're all independent contractors, you could do whatever you want anyways. Mm -hmm. And I learned that just through our interview process, I was thinking it was not that way. I thought everybody was limited, and they couldn't do their own thing. Uh, you have a license to just basically blow up your business in a good way, <laughs> uh, a license to create your personal brand. And a lot of times the brokerages want that because the stronger the, the personal brands, I mean, I, I could also, the, the counter argument is don't get too popular, you're going to leave me. And that's kind of the, the thing. <laughs> scarcity mindset. Yes, totally. It's totally true. And I've seen it happen. But control your own destiny. Again, like what if your brokerage closes? Like mm -hmm. they just go bankrupt next month. What do you have left? I mean, the URL you've been sending out all all year long now just goes to a 404 page, you know, like, it, so you, have you to don't have of, access to your CRM anymore. Oops. Maybe your database. Like, <laughs> oops, yeah. Like own your, your contacts, own your leads, make copies of that stuff, assuming that's within your, your legal right. But again, you know, if you've got your thing and you change brokerages or companies that you're representing or licensed under, all you got to do is like change a URL versus starting it all and rebuilding it again. This is a little more technical, but we always like when we set up ads and automations, we always do like Facebook lead, reformat the phone number, zap it into your CRM. But then we always, the last step in our zaps is we always add that lead to a master Google spreadsheet so that you always have a living, breathing backup of where all of your leads are coming from, et cetera, sitting in your Google Drive. So you can easily, you know, back it up, move it wherever you got to go. Brian, thank you so much. Where can we learn more about you guys, what you're building, and stay in touch? The obvious would be agentengine.com. A little bit less obvious would be agent.engine on Instagram. Somebody has 
the branded <laughs> URL that we can't seem to get, which is okay. Personally, you could check me out at briangardner.com. I'm pretty much beat Gardner at everything, the social medias. But if you're looking for like a custom website or a real estate design logo type of thing, I handle that sort of through just my personal freelance business. But most of what my energy is going towards right now is building up Agent Engine and you know, equipping agents and, and brokerages and larger teams with uh, beautiful technology that's easy to use and helps showcase their brand. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yep. Glad to be here. Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks. 